0: Good morning, everyone. That was loud, wasn't it? So um, did you love Donkeys and Donuts? It was great. It was great. I know they were great. So uh, if you're watching online, please write something in the comments That so we know who is with us. Uh, I wanted to let everybody know we have some awesome uh, small groups here at the church and Sunday school classes. If you don't have a, a Sunday school class or small group, We have one at 10 a.m. that I lead on Sunday mornings. It's Love Does by Bob Goff, and it's so much fun. It's a mix of ages. We have uh, elementary-age kids. We have senior adults. Just everybody's welcome to that. We meet in the gathering room upstairs. And we always have, like, cinnamon rolls and stuff, so it's great. Um, Wanted to let you know we have several things going on this week at the church. Really, every day this week there's something happening during Holy Week. Um, Monday through Friday we have our Noonday services. They start at 12.05, we have a guest speaker each day, uh, and they go till about 12.30, and then there's lunch in the gathering room for $5. On Monday, Monday we have Woody Wooden from Upper Sand Mountain Parish, you don't wanna miss that. Tuesday, Tony Jones from Camp Sumatonga will be here. Wednesday, our district superintendent, and then Thursday and Friday, we have the children's director and youth director from Christ Central here to speak at those services. This Wednesday night, this is a big one, this Wednesday night, there's nachos and nerf wars in the gym with Catherine and the kids. So if you attend Pastor Sam's Bible study or Harriet's Bible study on Wednesday night, don't go in the gym because you will get hit by nerf guns. It's going to be uh, crazy in there. Uh, the youth are going to be recreating the Last Supper this Wednesday in our youth lesson. Um, Thursday night at 6, we have our Monday Thursday service with communion. We would love for you to join us. Uh, Our Mosaic service at the Back 40 is not meeting this week because we'll be here for the Monday Thursday service. Friday, we have a Good Friday Tenebrae service at 6 p.m. And then Saturday is our Easter egg hunt from 11 to 12, and it's going to be amazing. It's going to be an awesome Easter egg hunt. You want to check that out. uh, Even if you don't have kids, bring, come, enjoy the fun. You'll have a blast um, watching the kids do that. So Sunday morning, of course, is Easter, and... um, We are going to have our sunrise service is going to be virtual this year and at the sunrise service um, our friend who is a past a united methodist pastor in poland that's been helping with refugees he's going to be a part of that service too so that's really exciting Um, and then of course we have our nine o'clock celebration service and 11 traditional service on easter sunday this is the last thing i'll say this morning Um, A United, the average United Methodist church member invites somebody to church at once every 38 years, right? That's not a good statistic for us, but people want to come to church on Easter. Um, So invite your friends, invite your neighbors to join us on Easter Sunday or to one of these Holy Week services. They'll be glad that they came. Let's go to the Lord in prayer this morning. Loving God, we are so thankful that we can come and worship you this morning. We pray that you will calm our hearts and our minds and help us focus on you.
1: There came a dream so fair. I stood in old Jerusalem beside the temple there. I heard the children singing, and ever as they sang, methought a voice of angel from heaven answering. Methought. The scene was changed, new earth there seemed to be. I saw the holy city beside the tideless sea. The light of God was on its streets, the gates were open wide, and all who would might have. shine by day. Our opening hymn this morning is Hymn 278, Hosanna, loud hosanna as we stand together and sing.
2: know it's been scientifically proven that that petting animals will raise your level of serotonin and eating donuts will raise your level of sugar (laughs) (laughs) but hearing children play handbells on Palm Sunday that will raise your level of joy and that's what we're going to get right now so come on kids All right, isn't that awesome? Our kids are about to go to children's church, but I want to say thank you to Miss Catherine, Miss Kelsey, and all the kids. Amazing. Yeah, I, if you're not smiling after that, then you might ought to check your pulse. I don't know. If yeah, maybe something wrong. Um, well we're we're so we're so grateful for our children's program, for our youth program and, and for all of y'all for you worshiping with us online and we're so glad that you're worshiping with us online. I want to I want to remind you that because you give, uh, we can do things like this, because you give your time to work with these kids and you give your give from your heart, give your money, give your offerings and tithes. Uh, We can do great ministries and we can do wonderful things for the kingdom of God, so keep on keeping on doing that. You can give online, you can give as the offering plate comes by. You should have received a letter this week about your Alleluia offering, and and I hope that you'll consider uh, giving something extra this Easter season. Will you join me as we go to the Lord in prayer? Lord, with humble and thankful hearts, we bow before you right now. We are reminded of the joy of worshiping you when we see these kids worship. And they remind us, Lord, of the joy of Palm Sunday. We join in those loud hosannas. And we freely and just graciously and cheerfully give now ourselves to you and our tithes and our offerings. And we ask that you bless them in Jesus' name. Amen. Please be seated now is our time of, of joys and prayers and joys are a part of our prayers so if there's something that is a, a blessing to you if you've had an answer to prayer uh, i want you to share that with us and and if you're worshiping with us online if there's something that makes you uh, say hallelujah put it on online so we can see that to do I, I tell you i've got too many to count this morning i got to hold a baby little baby duck in my hand I got to see a baby pig using a baby bunny as a pillow, I got to take a picture of Pastor Andy standing next to a donkey, I got to hear these, these kids play handbell, so many things. Um, we do also bring concerns with us. If you have a prayer request, please send it to us, uh, write it down, send it to us, and, and we will pray for you. Um, and we're going to take time out right now to to pray so will you pray with us oh lord your name is majestic in all the earth and great is your faithfulness and great is your love toward us and your your faithfulness and your loving kindness and your mercy we can't we can't thank you enough lord and we can't praise you enough and We can wave palm branches, we can wave handbells, but we can't praise you enough because of who you are. We ask that you would help us to be willing to align ourselves with your kingdom and your will for our lives and that part of us that doesn't want to do your will help us, Lord, because we want to want to do your will even if we have trouble with that sometimes. We ask Lord, that you would provide for us today and for those that we love just what we need, whether it's healing or strength or support or courage or, or, or just uh, just a little boost in, in their enthusiasm for life. God, you know our needs and you know the needs of those that we love. So we trust you because we know that you are a good, good Heavenly Father and that you love us. Lord, around the world there are people who are, are suffering right now uh, unimaginable things, and so we, we want to widen our gaze not to just be uh, right in our own little backyard, but we pray for, for those uh, refugees who had to flee their homes, who had to flee from Ukraine and We pray for the neighboring countries who are taking them in and for for every person who is opening their home and their church and taking in the refugees and everyone who's trying to help pour your blessings upon them Lord and we pray for peace. We pray for peace Lord. We pray that you would uh, forgive us where we have failed you and just teach us right now to pray the prayer that you taught your disciples when you said our Father stand with me as we sing our hymn of preparation number 277. Tell me the stories of Jesus. Sometimes the music that we have in this, this church takes my breath away. I have to go, oh, okay, i got to preach now. <laughs> thank you so much, choir. And, um, and don't forget Rhonda. She's back there. She plays so well. So thank you all. Mark chapter 11, verses 1 through 11 will be our scripture today for Palm Sunday. So you can follow along on the screen, and if you're worshiping with us uh, at, at home, I want to say, say hello to you. I want to say a special hello to my mom and my wife who are worshiping live stream in beautiful downtown Tuscumbia, Alabama. All right, Mark 11, verses 1 through 11. When they were approaching Jerusalem at Bethphage and Bethany near the Mount of Olives, He sent two of his disciples and said to them, Go into the village ahead of you, and immediately as you enter it, you will find tied there a colt that has never been ridden. Untie it and bring it. If anyone says to you, Why are you doing this? Just say this, The Lord needs it, and we'll send it back here immediately. Then they went away and found a colt tied near a door outside the street, and As they were untying it, some of the bystanders said to them, What are you doing untying the colt? They told them what Jesus had said, and they allowed them to take it. Then they brought the colt to Jesus and threw their cloaks on it, and he sat on it. Many people spread their cloaks on the road, and others spread leafy branches that had been cut from the fields. Then those who went ahead and those who were following were shouting, Hosanna! Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Blessed is the coming kingdom of our ancestor David. Hosanna in the highest. Then he entered Jerusalem and went into the temple. And when he had looked around at everything, as as it was already late, he went out to Bethany with the twelve. Word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. A few years back, a, a book came out that I really enjoyed. It's, it's called Joshua: A Parable for Today, written by Joseph Garzoni, and and it's been I you know this has been some years ago. And if you're interested, and after I tell you a little bit about it, if you're interested, you can find a, a used copy on Amazon for about a dollar. Okay, so even if you're cheap, you can still read this book. Um, the book is about is a modern day parable, and it's about What would happen if Jesus came into town, into uh, our world today? Uh, Joshua, who is, is Jesus in this story, comes to a little town called Auburn. No, it's not our Auburn. It's Auburn up in Pennsylvania or somewhere. Uh, but he comes into this small town, and he lives on the outskirts of town, and being a small town, you know, it's like, oh, you're not from around here, what's this guy up to? And he's got a carpenter shop, he works in his carpenter shop, right? And he comes into town, maybe once a week, to get supplies, and he talks with all the children, and, and all these amazing things happen, and I'm not going to tell you about it, because you're just going to have to read the book yourself, Um but it got me to thinking about Jesus coming to town. Jesus coming to town is what Palm Sunday is all about. In our Gospel story in Mark 11, this, this Palm Sunday story has Jesus coming to town and, and then you see what happened when Jesus came to town. And it made me also think about what would happen if Jesus came into to Gadsden, Alabama or to wherever, whatever town you're watching from today. What happens? If Jesus were to come into our town. So that's what we're going to think about today and uh, let's kind of set the stage for Jesus going into Jerusalem that first Palm Sunday. He was going in um, from Jericho. It's about a 14 mile trip which would have taken me all day but it probably didn't take them all day. But as they were entering into Jerusalem, it was uphill all the way by the way, and as they were entering Jerusalem, they stopped at Bethany, which was a, a great place for them to stop. Jesus had friends there. He liked to hang out at their house, you know. And it was a good place to take a little water break before you made the last uphill journey into Jerusalem. And, and while he was stopped there, um, he would have been thinking about what he had to do to get into the city. You see, if you went today to, to Jerusalem, the last time I checked the travel site, you would have to be quarantined until you got a negative COVID test. I don't think Jesus had to do that. But he did have to go past Roman garrisons and all of that uh, as he was going into Jerusalem. Back in Jesus' day, though, this was his last journey. I want you to just pause for that and and think about that for a second. This was Jesus' last journey with his disciples. So it wasn't just any old trip to town for Jesus that day. So while they stopped at Bethany, here's what Jesus did. He sent Peter and John on ahead and, and said, "Going into Jerusalem, and when you get into town, you're going to find a colt tied up there that's never been ridden before, and I want you to untie it and bring it back here. And if anybody says, What are you doing untying that colt? Just say, The Lord needs it, and everything will be all right. So off go Peter and John while the rest of them wait behind him, Bethany. And I, I just, look, I have a, an imagination. And I just imagine what Peter and John are thinking as they're going, walking into Jerusalem and they got their job to do, right? And you think there's a little bit of them that's saying, we're about to commit grand theft auto, you know, or grand theft donko or, or what? You know, we're about to just take somebody's animal, Um. I don't know, maybe they're thinking that, or maybe they've been following Jesus long enough to just trust Him. You know, even if you don't understand how it's gonna turn out, this is Jesus, just trust Him. And I wonder, just on a side note, if we've been following Jesus long enough just to trust Him, even when we don't know how it's gonna turn out, even if it sounds crazy, just trust Him. So this brings me to the first of three big words I want us to think about for Palm Sunday today. The first word is preparation. Because when Jesus comes to town, somebody somewhere has made some preparation. Peter and John, that's what they were doing, really, weren't they? They were preparing the way. They were going ahead of Jesus getting that donkey and bringing it back. But I think just deeper than that, I think Jesus had made some preparation. I think Jesus had already made arrangements with this family that had this donkey that it would be okay for him. He was going to borrow it, right? And Mark's Gospel tells us that he was going to bring it right back. Okay? The other Gospels don't necessarily say that, but I think Jesus had made arrangements. So that was back then. That was in Jerusalem. But what about here today in Gadsden? If we're just thinking about that, what what preparations would we make for Jesus coming into town? Maybe we would all gather together in his name like we're doing today because Jesus said we're two or three are gathered together in my name. Uh, there I am in the midst of them. What other kinds of preparations would we make? Would we pray? I certainly hope so. I think our 40 days of prayer emphasis has been great over the season of Lent. I think Jesus coming to town, we need to be prayed up, don't you think? I think about that that song that we used to sing as as kids. Someone's praying, Lord, kumbaya. I know it's been around for so long that people just kind of like turned it into a meme or something. But kumbaya actually means come by here. Jesus, we're praying. Come on by. Do you think maybe... We would prepare in some of the ways that we've been preparing over these 40 days of Lent. Maybe there's something that we would do special. Maybe we would give up something and fast. Maybe we would uh, f- make sure our minds are filled w- with Scripture. Make sure, as, as the, the, the ten virgins did, that their oils, uh, their lamps were filled with oil in preparation for the coming. So, when Jesus comes to town, preparation, somebody somewhere has been preparing. The second big word is generosity. Generosity, because when Jesus comes to town, he might want to use some of our stuff, he might want to borrow some of our stuff. Do you ever put yourself in the shoes of the owners of that donkey? I mean, this—this—all donkeys are cool. By the way, the, the donkeys we had out there were cool, weren't they? There's one's got a cross on its back, a Jerusalem donkey. <laughs> it was so cool; I loved it. But this was a special donkey because this was a donkey that had never been ridden. It—it it, it means that this donkey was set aside for a special purpose, set aside to be ridden by a king—a very valuable, special animal, right? And so what I'm saying is it would take a special kind of attitude for for someone to just let Peter and John just walk off with this special animal. They didn't even ask for a security deposit, did they? No, they just said, okay, the Lord needs it, okay. And I, I think it's an attitude of generosity. It's an attitude, generosity means that everything I have I hold on loosely to it. I hold on loosely because there's nothing that I have that hasn't been given to me. I I was thinking about that when when we were singing the doxology and, and, and we were bringing our tithes and offerings and we were saying, praise God from whom all blessings flow. So God, we're just giving you what already belongs to you. The owners of that donkey must have Thought, well, it belongs to the Lord anyway. Sure. Sure. So that was, that was Jerusalem, you know. But, but what about us here in Gadsden? Okay, I'm about to get personal. You ready? Let's say you just bought a brand new car. I mean, it is shiny. It's got that new car smell. It just sounds so good. When you close that door, it goes thunk. He just is like, ooh, a new car. And let's just say two strangers came in, and their names were Peter and John, and they said, hey, we're going to need to borrow that car. I know, I know you giggled. But I was like, are you serious? My new car? You're going to, you look, it doesn't even have 100 miles on it yet. You're going to borrow my new car? Why are you going to take, why are you going to take my car? Do I need to call the police? The Lord needs it. The Lord needs it. You say, well, Pastor Sam, I'm safe because my car is old. But what if the Lord wanted to use some of your money to do a, a wonderful ministry or to support our, our RAM clinic that we're going to be, our city's going to be doing or, or to help with these. children? What if the Lord wants to use some of your time to work with these children or to, or to work with the youth or to to lead a Bible study, what if the Lord wants to use your talents? Would you hold on loosely to that, thinking, okay, Lord, it belongs to you anyway, sure. You know what happens to us when we live generous lives, when we just live open-handed lives? It comes back to us in the form of a blessing. Doesn't it? Doesn't it? It does. You see, this is what's cool about the story in the Gospel of Mark. It tells us that, you know, Jesus rides into town. Oh, by the way, everybody get your palm branches. If you've got a palm branch, wave your palm branch in the air and say, Hosanna. Yeah. So Jesus, there you go. Yeah. So um, that's what Jesus rode into town. And he went to the temple and it says he looked around at everything, right? But then he went back because it was getting late. Which makes me wonder, getting late for what? Well, in Mark's gospel, it tells us that he promised to take the donkey back. He told the owners of the donkey, the Lord needs it, but he'll bring it back. So I think that in verse 3, he says he'll bring it back. So I believe that the donkey owner when he got that donkey back? Don't you think he was extra blessed? Because now his donkey had been ridden by the king of kings. I mean, that would be better than having a Cadillac that Elvis drove, you know? I mean, that donkey just got a 100 times more special. And that's the way that it goes when we're generous. Jesus said it this way, give and it will be given back to you, pressed down, shaken together, running over into your lap. Jesus rode into town that day, and people spread their cloaks and the branches. And why did they spread their cloaks? We were talking about this at Mosaic Thursday now. Why did they spread their cloaks out? Well, I don't know. Maybe that's all they had, you know? Maybe they were just saying, This is what I got. I'm just throwing it before you, Lord. The branches go all the way back to Zechariah chapter 9. But, by the way, and, and you know, if you were at Mosaic, you know, we talked about this, so you don't get credit for this. But here's a trivia question. This is a Jeopardy question. What does the word Hosanna mean? You know what it means, what Hosanna means? It means save us now. Huh. It may, that's what it means. It doesn't mean praise the Lord or anything. It means save us now. It's it's a messianic thing. It's it's a messianic expectation. Lord, come in here and save us now. Let the Messiah come and set his throne up in Jerusalem right now. Just, Just expel all of these foreign occupiers right now. Make all of our problems go away right now, Lord. Save us now. That was their expectation. That's why one of the reasons why they were so excited when Jesus came into town is finally going to happen. But Jesus was a different kind of Messiah. His kingdom was a different kind of kingdom. What if Jesus rode into Gadsden? Well, this is our third big word. And it is a biggie. It's revolution, revolution. When Jesus comes into town, he brings revolution with him. So would that be what we expected? I don't think that's what they were expecting. I think they wanted a different kind of revolution. They wanted a like a military or a, a, a political revolution. Jesus wanted a revolution of the heart and but Jesus coming into town, he brings a revolution. Now, we have our own long list of expectations about what we would want Jesus to do. Jesus writes into town. Jesus, great, we're glad you're here. Save us now. Jesus, do something about the high gas prices, by the way, okay? And Jesus, you know April 15th's coming up. Do something about the taxes, all right? Because I, so I really don't want to... I don't really want to pay more taxes. And Jesus, while you're at it, let the Braves win another World Series, okay? Because that's on my list. Any of my Braves fans out there, come on, you know? We have our own to-do list for Jesus. But you know what? Jesus got his own agenda. He did back then, and he does today. And sometimes his revolution uh, doesn't sound so excited, uh, exciting to us when, when we're kind of attached to the status quo. The crowd at that first Palm Sunday didn't get that, I don't think. And I think we miss it today. But we shouldn't. Because it's what we pray when we pray The way the Lord tells us to, the pattern for praying, we say, thy kingdom come, Jesus, not my kingdom, thy kingdom come. That's the prayer of cooperation. And we we pray the prayer of surrender. We say, thy will be done. Just that beautiful song that the choir sang is just like, I don't want to drink this cup, Lord, but thy will be done. The revolution. Did you know the revolution started did you notice that it started at the church? When Jesus rode into town, he didn't, he didn't ride to the Roman garrisons, and he didn't ride to Herod's palace. He didn't ride any, to the governor's house. He, he rode straight to the temple. Straight to the temple. And it says he looked around and saw everything. What did he see? What did he see there? He, he saw uh, the tables of the money changers. He saw the merchants who were selling animals to those who were coming to worship at Passover. He saw people getting swindled is what he saw. People being oppressed and used. He saw his father's house turned into a den of robbers. And the next day, Jesus is about to do something. He's about to flip everything upside down. Or right side up, if you think about it. My house will be called a house of prayer for all nations, Jesus said. Revolution starts at Jesus' house. Starts where it's supposed to. It starts with us. It starts with us. Imagining Jesus riding into to, to Gadsden. I, 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 don't, I don't think he would be going straight to City Hall. I don't think he would be going to schools and businesses. I think he would just come here. And I think he would comfort the afflicted and afflict the comfortable here with us. Would we recognize him? See, that's one of the, one of the things that's cool about the story of, of Joshua, the book I was telling you about, about Joseph Garzoni. Some people recognize him, some people don't. When Mother Teresa was still living, she, she used to invite people to her place where she and the Sisters of Charity stayed in Calcutta. and she, would, she had a really special ministry to women. She would invite these poor women to come and to have a meal and to have conversation and to just be treated like a person. And she would invite uh, widows who didn't have a relative to take care of them and were just destitute. She would invite homeless women and she would invite uh, unwed mothers who had been um, shunned by their family and and kicked out and didn't have anywhere to go. She would invite them all and they would have a meal and they would have conversation. And someone asked her about that one time and she said, you know, When I look at these women, I see Jesus in his most distressing disguise. In Matthew 25, the parable that I'm sure you've all heard where people are like, well, Lord, when did we see you hungry? When did we see you thirsty? When did we we see you sick or in prison? When did we see you a stranger and welcome you? And Jesus said, when you did it to what? The least of these. Jesus in his most distressing disguise. So we're using our imaginations a little bit today about thinking about Jesus come in to Gaston, we were, we're talking about, I think Pastor Andy talks with the youth about, okay, what, what would Jesus drive if he came into, into town? And I, I think the most popular answer with the youth is, is a, a hippie bus so that he could carry all his friends with him. That's a probably a good answer. I said, I think he would borrow somebody's car, right? Might even wanna borrow my car. I'm like, well, Jesus, hope it doesn't break down on you, but. Uh, We've been using our imaginations, and we talked about preparation, and hopefully we are preparing. That's what Lent is all about. We've talked about generosity, and hopefully we're, we're generous with our giving of our time and our talents and our, and our uh, tithes and, and even, even our Alleluia offering. We'll talk about that more next Sunday. We, I hope that you can give an extra Alleluia offering for Easter We talked about revolution, and and honestly, it should make us a little bit nervous because what Jesus shakes up might make us uncomfortable. So we've been talking kind of in our heads with our imaginations, but we have to remember one day Jesus will ride into town. He will come back. That's what we confess every single Sunday, right? When we say the Apostles' Creed, that's what we say. We believe. We believe because... Jesus promised he would. We believe because Jesus even said, I'll never leave you or forsake you. I'm with you always. We believe that, don't we? So the real question today we're left with is not what would we do, but what are we doing? You and me, what are we doing? Are we preparing the way by the lives that we're living, by what we're doing, Will we offer everything generously? Will we hold on to everything loosely and give to the Lord's service? Will we be willing to be a part of Jesus' revolution? Will we make this place right here a house of prayer for all nations, for all people, for everybody, even if they are in their most distressing disguise? Come, Lord Jesus. Come, Lord Jesus, shake things up again and start with me. Let us pray. God, thank you. Thank you for your call in our lives. We celebrate, Lord. And even though part of us is a little bit scared, we do say, Lord, come. What you need me to give, I'll give. What you need me to surrender, I'll surrender. What I need to let go of, what I need to forgive. I need to remember that you're God and I'm not. Everything, Lord, that needs to be shaken in me, shake it up, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. We're going to um, close out by, you know, some, some prayers are, are, some hymns are, are hymns of praise and some hymns are, are really reflective. This, this closing hymn, number 399, is, is a prayer. It, it's take my life and let it be consecrated Lord to thee. Will you stand together as you're able and sing this with you? Number 399. And before I say the benediction, I have two things to say. One is after my spoken benediction, don't move a muscle till you hear the choir's beautiful choral benediction. And the other thing is look around and find somebody that you haven't spoken to that maybe you haven't even met and say, hello, God loves you and I'm trying. Okay.